Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. To hire drivers, you've got to work fast and smart. Did you know Driver Pulse, a driver-facing mobile app from 10th Street, is two to three times more effective than texting and four to five times more effective than email at getting drivers to respond? Driver Pulse is the largest source of free driver applications in trucking, downloaded by almost two million drivers to find jobs, complete training, and communicate with carriers. Companies find who they're looking for, and drivers find their homes with Driver Pulse from 10th Street a name you trust. That's 10street.com. T-E-N-street.com. Welcome back to another edition of Tech Call. Today we're covering the June market update with our favorite David Spencer. Don't forget to subscribe to Check Call the Newsletter on BritWaves.com if you haven't already. Before we can dive into our guest interview, there's some news in the world that you should check out. El Paso, Texas-based Mustang Express has been acquired by Online Transport, Inc., a truck load carrier with more than 550 power units and 600 employees. Mustang Express is an over-the-road truckload team-based operation with two drivers in the tractor at all times. Mustang Express fleets consists of 65 drivers that primarily operate on the El Paso to Midwest corridor, Online Transport said on LinkedIn. Mustang Express's fleet consists of 65 drivers that primarily operate on the El Paso to Midwest corridor. The strategic acquisition will immediately double online's online transport footprint in El Paso. Mustang Express's terminals are located about 30 minutes from the bridge of America's point of entry along the U.S.-Mexico border. Online transport founded in 2000 is based in Greenfield, Indiana, with 10 terminals Across the country, the company provides over-the-road transportation services ranging from bulk liquid, flatbed, refrigerated, and dry van, as well as a brokerage and warehouse distribution service. This week's solar chart of the show is the outbound tender market share month-over-month change. Houston came in strong as the market is the market seeing the most increase at 10.6%, but it wasn't quite enough to break into the top three markets in the U.S. In a slightly less surprising note, Ontario, California, home of the ports of L.A. and Long Beach, dropped in some prime summer months. No doubt is directly related to the drop-off in West Coast port volume. Today we're joined by David Spencer, the Vice President of Market Intelligence at Arrive Logistics. Welcome back to our very favorite market expert. What's about welcome back, David? Thank you very much, Barry. It's great to be back. Uh, I am excited to get into this one today. June, you know, it was the, um, originally it was the month that everyone was kind of going, we should hurry up and wait and see um, what June's going to do, because we all knew the first half or the first first half of the year was going to be pretty quiet. But everybody's like, oh, we got to see what happens in June. So, David, what's happening in June? How are those spot rates going compared to previous months? Are they going up? Are they going down? You know, we're running out of floor for those spot rates to hit. But, you know, we could we could find a new subfloor. Yeah, no, I, it's it's a great question. We've seen um, actually a, a bit a bit of a pickup in the spot market, and, and that's caused spot rates to pick up off the floor a little bit. And it's really something we think is is really great for uh, all the carriers out there who have been uh, particularly starved of this rate. And 
um, looking for these opportunities. But yeah, I think Road Check Week in uh, the middle of May was was really the the catalyst to uh, getting things started here, and and things just picked up and continued here into uh, you know the middle of June. We've seen really those hot you know those typical hot produce markets where we see these seasonal demand surges uh, be the key areas where a lot of this activity is centered and focused, but. Um, you know, those definitely having an impact on the national averages as well. So originally at the beginning of the summer, um, there was some talk that the produce season was a little more muted. There wasn't a whole lot happening, um, you know, left a little something to be desired. Do you think that that is still the same now that we've kind of gotten into the summer and into like a good harvest season? Or do you think that we still have, um, you know, some something to be desired there? Yeah, one of the 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 hottest areas of the country right now is is California, and and it's really largely due to what's going on with the produce market there, and um, the demand as it relates to to produce season, and and really the the big rains that washed away a lot of the crop yields happened early enough for um, these crops to be replanted, and and kind of just pushed back that California season a little bit, and we've certainly seen a pickup in activity there, especially over the last week or two here um, in early June. Um, you know, uh, as, as we think about, uh, how long that's going to last though, it's, it's obviously short lived and, and we'll see how much, um, you know, volatility that creates in the market, but we've certainly seen tender rejections jumping, uh, more than I think we'd uh, expect to see, especially from that baseline we were at, uh, out of the state of California. I was going to say the other day, I was uh, looking at some different markets here and, um, I saw some like pretty big markets jump up to like 5% rejection. And I was like, is this is this the beginning of something not cool? Um, because over the past few months, those markets had been around like two and a half to three, and I mean five percent. That's a small jump, but it's it's a jump in the right direction. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, for uh, reefer tender rejections out of the uh, Southern California markets, LAX, Ontario are are above six right now, and, and Fresno, as you get more into the valley, is is up really approaching ten percent rejections. So. Um, that reefer activity, shippers are really starting to see some challenges on, on their contract reefer freight out of California. Um, you know, and, and on the van side of things right now, we're actually seeing Texas be kind of a, a hotspot, Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, you know, the Fort Worth market seeing a, a 365-day high on tender rejections. So uh, definitely something to be mindful of. Um, you know, as we've seen capacity exit the market, uh, the market becomes more vulnerable to these seasonal demand surges. And I think this is a type of pattern we're expecting to see um, on a go-forward basis. It feels a lot like it did in 2019. We saw a lot of the same pressures in these markets cause some of the same volatility. Um, when you get into these equilibrium markets, these seasonal demand surges have a big impact on um, contract service levels and spot rates. All right. So before we jump into the fall, you know, what could happen? That's many months away. But Right now, what's kind of the state of capacity in that van market, that dry van market, um, particularly on the contract side? So we covered the spot rate side. What's kind of going on on the contract side? Is it more of the same or, you know, could there be a spike after the 4th of July? Yeah, I, I think it's a great question. And we really were looking forward to what was going to happen this this summer peak season to kind of get a feel for where we're at on the spot side of things. And uh, the uptick in spot is what we expect to see normal seasonality, just like we expect as we get into July to, to see the, the spot market cool down again in, in mid-July. And, um, you know, that's really the, the unfortunate reality for a lot of the participants 
you know, hoping that this is a return of the spot market. I think it's going to be relatively short lived. And um, as such, I think the the closing of the gap between spot and contract rates this month, um, you know, pretty significant double digit closing um, coming from an increase in spot rates and a further decline in contract rates. I think we see it jump back up a little bit again uh, next month, um, even though we continue to see downward pressure on contract rates. So uh, unfortunately, I think this is just a short-lived little bout of normal seasonality, and we're going to continue to see, I guess, fortunately for shippers, uh, I think downward pressure on contract rates for the foreseeable future. Uh, even if we see these pockets of volatility pick up um, in the spot market, I think this is that floor we're talking about where uh, dredging along the bottom doesn't necessarily mean we don't see that pickup. Uh, it just it means that now, um, you know, we when we do see those pickups, we will see a return back down once those demand surges fall. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I kind of like it. It's like when you dredge the bottom of a lake or whatever, and you come up with, you know, maybe some maybe some pocket watches because everyone's putting pocket watches at a lake. <laughs> but you find some of those, you know, pieces of gold or the things that are actually like worth something from the bottom of the lake instead of just a giant pile of um, garbage. So I uh, I do appreciate that. Uh, that, you know, we're going to have those blips and hopefully it works for, um, hopefully it works out for carriers out there. Cause I know it's still a little expensive to run a, uh, transfer or run a trucking company at the moment. So here's hoping that contract rates, uh, can pull them through. I like that for them. Um, so I guess we talked about a little bit about July where July could see some of that demand or that quick seasonality demand fall off. Um, do you kind of think that the capacity will remain the same in July or, um, do you think that there will be some more seasonal demands that kind of, um, pick up in July, maybe for Baptist? Yeah. As it relates to capacity, it, it's certainly interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what this bout of, of spot market uh, volatility does. You know, in some cases it, it may be a little bit of an injection of, of capital to help keep carriers afloat. Um, and potentially prolong some of the the revocations of authority or or these carrier exits and um maybe even extend the cycle a little bit so in some cases uh you know some of the volatility you know may be good in the short term but be bad in the long term if it helps extend some of these cycles by preventing capacity from leaving and um you know as we think about where those those next opportunities will come july typically doesn't see a, a ton of that back to school freight however we think uh, we are seeing some some in- increases in import levels uh, into the West Coast and uh, stuff coming from overseas that we think will support uh, some outbound demand from, you know, some of these particular areas like, like Southern California. I think we expect to stay, uh, you know, warm to hot uh, through the month of July as we see that back to school freight move into position. And then uh, really not exactly sure what we're expecting from a retail import uh, perspective yet. However, uh, the, the National Retail... Yeah, did come out and say that uh, first half imports this year are down about 22% compared to where they were uh, a year ago. And, and that's a big hit 
um, you know, some of that's uh, back to school and, and some of that is, is uh, uh, early retail uh, freight as well. So we'll, we'll see, but um, I think it's, it's really going to be those normal seasonal pushes, uh, you know, in the summer and in the, in the Q4 where we, we're going to see the most volatility. I guess even during the normal years is, is back to school that much of like a peak for freight? It can be regionally, right? Especially where that freight is coming in uh, into the country from overseas, right? And so with the deal getting worked out with the um, uh, the longshoremen in the West Coast ports, I think that's a great sign for, um, you know, more freight to potentially be shifting uh, to the West Coast or at least less freight being diverted away from there uh, with shippers having more confidence now that freight coming in. And I think as a result, we should expect to see California maintain a little bit of strength uh, from a demand perspective, it, at least not fall off as much as, as it had, or at least the levels where it was at earlier here in the year. So I guess what risk to shippers, if there is any, could happen or is present um, with some of these larger carriers if they start to, you know, add, perform under less than ideal conditions? Okay, so I think if we see being bigger assets like uh, 100 truck fleets or whatever, go under or yellow and LTL fleet go under, you know, I don't think it affects operating costs much, but what I do think happens is I think that you start to see like more challenges for shippers, like, and you know, they have established relationships. And so it probably affects, it probably leads to more stability and revenue for carriers that can support or fill holes where these carriers are leaving them behind. Okay, so trucking growth, we've just kind of touched on the carriers that, you know, are surviving and keeping going. Um, what do you think is the main reason for the growth uh, that we've seen in the trucking sector? Well, total employment has gone up for a few months here. But, you know, after some revisions to data earlier in the year, um, it is current employment is below where we were in January, right? So I think um, more than anything, it's probably more of a plateau than it is to say trucking employment continues to grow. You obviously also have the owner-operated capacity that had not been included in those numbers that, you know, as, as those drivers become available to, to, you know, and take company jobs, uh, they start to get counted in the trucking employment as well. And so, um, you know, I, I, I think very much similar argument to how we're sort of saying spot rates have bottomed, I think we're probably at a point saying capacity or employment has has peaked and, um, you know, how quickly things come down. I think that uh, is yet to be determined, but I I, I would say we're, we're certainly seeing the leading indicators and in revocation data point to uh, the expectation would be trucking employment would be to begin to fall, um, you know, to fall in line with where current demand levels are. So one of the big things that I think is going to be um, a, a, a late summer challenge is um, a lot of economic factors. So whether that's student loan repayments, I know that they are looking to get that in front of the Supreme Court and have a decision on that before the end of the summer. Um, and, you know, inflation is still something that everybody's dealing with. What um, impact do you see, if any, are these economic indicators going to have on freight demand? Uh, another great question. I, I, I think more than ever, um, you know, well, first off, I, I'll point to consumer spending. And we've really seen a lot of continued strength in consumer spending out there. Certainly a pullback in good spending, uh, especially when you adjust for inflation. So some of that has led to a decline in 
an overall freight demand, but a strong, cons- healthy consumer, um, you know, continues to be the storyline here and the job market, the labor market overall continues to have, uh, you know, relative strength as well. So, uh, those two factors I think are really important when we start to think about, okay, where are interest rates? You know, what kind of decisions is, is the government going to make around student letter payments? Because, uh, where we're starting from matters, right. And, and we're still in a position where the consumer has strength, um, and is still spending money. And so that's, that's, that's key. Right. And then, um, as it relates to freight demand, um, you know, what we've seen is, is really ordering patterns for retailers in particular tends to follow, you know, consumer spending as well as current inventory levels. So, um, you know, a lot of that, that stuff has a long tail or a, a little bit of a lag between, uh, what we see between, you know, government activity and then eventually how it hits freight demand. So, um, you know, whatever happens this summer, I think is more likely an indicator of what we would expect to see, you know, maybe in retail season in the fourth quarter, or even, you know, how volumes might be trending next year, um, when it comes time for inventory restocking, uh, in the first half of the year. So, uh, I don't think it's going to have a big impact on what we see for freight volumes this, this year here, but, um, at least not until the fourth quarter where we're talking about, uh, consumer spending on holiday shopping stuff. It always amazes me how far in advance retailers have to order to get things here. Like they're a year to two years out and the ability to just predict and forecast like that still, I mean, I know it's a lot of computer systems, but I know that it's it's just very impressive to me that those retailers are so good at what they do. Um, I, I mean, except those holding under a lot of bloat, but this that's, that was a different time. Uh, but it still just very much amazes me that they're able to, you know, order so far in advance and still have something coming in. Because um, to order something two years ago, I wouldn't even, I don't even remember what I ordered yesterday that come, came to my house, let alone two years in advance. So I'm just, I'm always very impressed at retailers' abilities to do that. Yeah, managing inventories is, is a really difficult job. And, and um, yeah, getting the inventory levels right is really difficult to do. And, and going from a uh, an over inventoried environment to to a right size uh, typically doesn't happen. You probably go from over inventories to under inventories, and um, you know, be in a rush to kind of get those built back up. And uh, certainly, if we see you know greater spending as we get into the holiday season, that could be a trend, right? We could see um, retailers with with uh, short inventory uh, if they didn't backfill it. Uh, obviously, scared of, of what the consumer situation was going to be. Um, now have some sense of urgency to get those imports from the ports um, on the shelves or at least to, um, you know, direct to the consumer a little more quickly. That type of urgency could also be a, a potential reason for uh, additional volatility around the holidays this year. Uh, I kind of like it. On that same lane or avenue, um, what is your uh, hot prediction for July? Do you see spot markets shooting up? Do you see Everything's staying aggressively normal and the same. Uh, what's your hot take for July? Well, hot take for July, um, you know, really it's it's that we're going to see uh, cooling, right? I, I definitely think uh, what the volatility we're seeing today um, feels a lot like normal seasonality. And and normal seasonality would tell us we, we would expect to see some of that die down uh, as we get into the month of July. And, and um, you know, that's that's really where our stance is today. We haven't seen anything that says this is a fundamental shift in, you know, supply and demand balance. Um, you know, the the increase in rejection rejection rates we've seen uh, are in the regions we'd expect them to see. 
Uh, they look very similar from a shape and pattern perspective to past equilibrium markets such as 2019. And so, uh, you know, not a hot take, but in forecasting, sometimes you just got to stick to your guns and, and, and look at the past because history does repeat itself. All right. I like it. Your hot take is just double downs on what you got going on currently. <laughs> well, I told you my hot take about Q4. I think the the risk, the upside risk is that um, the consumer is, uh, you know, uh, spends more or continues to spend in a very strong way. And uh, we, we end up short inventory. And, and it, as a result, we um, you know, are now seeing kind of a greater sense of urgency and demand out of, out of the port cities and, and that could create some volatility, but, uh, certainly too early to tell, I think we'd look to, um, examples like an early prime day as a good sample size of, uh, of what we expect from the consumer around the holidays and, and, and potentially a foreshadowing for, uh, what that means for spot rate volatility. Awesome. I can't wait to come back to this clip in, uh, November and see, see how it's working out for us. Um, something else that is an equally hot take, if not a hotter take, um, you have gotten the, the broad spectrum of questions on this show and we appreciate your, uh, willingness to go along with us. But today we're going to, we're going to get you another one. If you could invent a holiday, what would it be called and how would people celebrate it? Well, the right answer here is to come up with a holiday for my wife to get more time off or something like that. But the wrong answer and the one I want is like, you know, dad's uh, dad's golfing holiday or something like that. We already got Father's Day, but like with Father's Day, you kind of like got to like spend time with your kids, right? It's celebrating being a, being a dad. But, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and say uh, a, a, uh, a dad's golfing holiday or something like that, right? I absolutely love that. Um, a dad's golfing holiday. That would be um, that'd be a magical day. And of course, it'd have to have like the best perfect weather, you know? All right. So if anyone wants to uh, join you on the new dad's golfing holiday or if they want to reach out about any uh, updates on the market, where can they find you outside the show? Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, logistics.com. All the content we create is is accessible there and, and my contact info as well. But um, direct email, Arrive Insights uh, at ArriveLogistics.com. That, that all comes to me. Um, you know, happy to, to connect and, and to share any, uh, any of our content or, or talk about anything from holidays to uh, hot dogs being a sandwich um, or cereal being a soup. Um, all the, the fun questions Mary likes to ask. Um, also LinkedIn, uh, active on LinkedIn, and, and it's a great place to connect with me as well. So uh, thank you very much for the time, Mary, and, and for um, asking me fun questions every time. And check all the podcasts anywhere you get your podcasts, like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to check out all the other incredible FreightWaves podcasts, such as Tracks Through Time and Truck Tech. Don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter on FreightWaves.com slash TechCall. See you on the internet.